Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 22nd of August and the first official day of classes. It is great to be back on this beautiful campus here in San Marcos and uh, just uh, joining you today. This is your host, Kyle Owen. I'm joined with my producer, Jacob Aromi, and co-host, Ryan Lingas. We've got a lot to cover today, starting with, uh, you know, some Texas State football. But before we get to all that, we got a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar, the sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. So, like I was saying, gotta start off with some Texas State football. We are 12 days away from kickoff. I'm excited. Can't wait. It's yes, Division yes, one. it is. And it's the most exciting time of the year. Things are getting back in the swing of things. Like I said, first day back on campus here. Things are starting to feel real. Getting back into the swing of things. And uh, five days from San Marcos High School football, 12 from Texas State football. And uh, Coach Spavadol dropped some big news the other day. Uh, maybe yesterday, two days ago now. I think it was yesterday, actually. But, uh, so the captains, the 2022 captains of your Texas State football team have been released. Some surprises, some familiar names. Um, but uh, the biggest one of all, Lane Hatcher has been his first season here. Already named a captain, mm-hmm. and uh, and definitely a definitely an interesting one there because uh, we do have a quarterback battle going on right now, Lane Hatcher and Ty Evans, and uh, maybe this is some uh, inclination of who's going to be starting Week One against Nevada. It could definitely be an inclination, but I don't think it is the hundred percent. You know, no, like uh, it's. I don't think it's over. I really don't. Granted, Spavadol has said that he has had the decision for about a month now. Since the Sunbelt Media Days, he said, I know who the guy is. I'm just not going to release it yet. So unless something changed through fall camp, which it easily could have, you know, at that time, he really, we focused on the competition being Ty Evans and Lane Hatcher. Since then, he has talked a lot about C.J. Rogers, the transfer from Baylor, and he's really clumped him in with the other two guys. I don't think C.J. Rogers has, is, is actually in the race, but it shows that things change. He has seen fall camp and... Possibly his decision has been changed since then. And, um, yeah, it, it's certainly a good look for Hatcher. But we look back last year, Vitt and McBride were both captains. Vitt didn't start till probably week six, week seven of the season. So, And he wouldn't have started if Brady McBride didn't, you know, struggle last season. So I don't think it is the end-all, be-all. Yeah, and, I mean, when it comes to them two, you know, uh, Hatcher and Evans, I mean, you know, Hatcher has real game experience, you know, up in Arkansas State. And then, you know, Evans has been with the team for, I mean, almost two years. So he knows the playbook, but Hatcher does have more of the experience. So I think that's going to be, you know, that's where that's where the split is. And, you know, I kind of feel like even though he said he's had it, you know, down for a month, you know, who's going to start? I feel like things even still aren't set in stone. I think things could change even before Nevada, like in the coming days. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like you said, Coach – had it in his mind, but but every day things change, and uh, he probably just you know at the end of the day, Lane Hatcher being a captain, um, just probably one of the vocal leaders. I mean, he was a three-year starter at Arkansas uh, Arkansas State, and uh, you know Sun Belt Conference preseason um, pick, and I don't. I mean, hey, like. People, you never know. Ty Evans can come out of there, and he could come out of this job, or come out on on Saturday, next Saturday, and uh, and have that starting position. But who knows, honestly? And uh, I guess we'll have to wait until um, who knows when Coach will finally release it. Probably within the next week. Or I would so. imagine next week. Uh, their press conference is tomorrow, tomorrow morning at morning. eleven. So I wouldn't be surprised if he announces it there. Yeah, especially since I'm sure uh, a lot of people are going to have questions about the the mm-hmm. captain positions and and uh, who's going to be taking that that spot but um wrapping things up about captains kyle herger jordan kyle hergel jordan revels and sione tupo rounding out that captain's list three guys that we see in the media room 
almost every single day. Pretty much every week, and, yeah. uh And uh, three guys that uh, that have been vocal leaders on this team for at least uh, the, at least last year and, and the years before. I know uh, Jordan Rebels has been um, one of those go-to guys for a very long time now, and then Kyle Hergel coming in last season and, and, and making his statement, Sione Tupo uh, being one of the biggest defensive threats in uh, in college football today. And I also think that all three of those guys, <laughs> especially Sione Tupo, who I think is now in six, seven years now, is his sixth or seventh year of college football, uh, experience is definitely big on Spavadol when it comes to choosing that captain, and Hatcher has that over Evans, but what Evans has over Hatcher is I think the ceiling is higher I mean, coming out of high school, Evans went to, what is it, the Elite 11 camp, was rated one of the best quarterbacks coming out of high school. And um, so I think his ceiling is higher, but if you want a steady arm, Hatcher may be the move to go. And with the weapons that Texas State has right now, you know, it might be good to start off the season with a steady arm. And if, if you know, something happens, you might want to get that higher potential guy out there. So, uh, like I was saying, Texas State football captains are out. Lane Hatcher, Kyle Hergel, Sione Tupo, Jordan Rebels for the 2022 season. First game, like I said, 12 days away, September 4th in Nevada against Nevada. And uh, last time these two teams met, Bobcats didn't necessarily have the the best showing in the world. Uh, took a loss 34 to 21, but that that was back in 2012. And uh, 10 10 years is a lo- is a pretty big difference mm-hmm. and um, long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys are are going to be ready to strap it up and and uh, go head up against uh, the Wolfpack of Nevada. And uh, looking forward to to that matchup here. We'll talk more about that um, next week, later on the week as well. And uh, as we gear closer in the countdown towards uh, Division One football, but uh, we're going to take a quick break, real quick. On the other side of it, um, got some got some more things for y'all. So uh, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW eighty nine nine. And welcome back to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio here on the first official day of classes of the twenty twenty two fall semester. In the studio with me, I've got my producer Jacob Aromi and co-host Ryan Linguez. This is your host Kyle Owen. Like I said, a lot more for you to cover. Got 50 more minutes for you guys. Got a long time, so uh, I'm going to keep it rolling with some San Marcos High School football. Five days away until official kickoff. They had their first scrimmage against somebody else for the first time in a long time this Friday against United South. And uh, saw some pretty cool clips on Twitter. Definitely. uh, One of those being Tony Diaz. Uh, It looked kind of like a pretty much a 10-yard in route, and then he turned he turned on the Jets, put a couple of jukes on him, and uh, ended up in the end zone for, it looked like, for about 50, 60-yard touchdown. And it also, it was a good play by Isaiah DeLeon as well, if I remember correctly. He kind of rolled out right, got out of the pocket, and had a good throw on the run. And um, that's something that I really, really hope to see this season because, you know, they they were so run-heavy, and it worked. It worked last year with DeLeon and Jaden Brown in the backfield being kind of those two bulldogs but um, I really want to see Deleon. As you heard Coach Nash last Friday on this show, he said, I think Isaiah Deleon has the biggest, one of the biggest arms in Central Texas high school football right now. And I want to see that. I really do. And I think that uh, one thing holding the back last year was their wide receiver core. Kyle and I were talking about it a little bit ago. And uh, I think that has been upgraded with Tony Diaz getting better. We know that uh, Cutter Gage Webb is now in that wide receiver room. So I think that is going to be better. And hopefully that will open up the playbook to a more kind of West Coast scheme, a little bit more pass-heavy offense. Yeah, I mean, Coach... Like uh, Coach was saying the other day, Coach Walsh definitely, you know, he's going to run the ball no matter mm-hmm. what. That's just the identity of this San Marcos football team. And uh, we know the backfield can do the work. And it's just something that, you know, on, on Friday against Hutto that we're, we're going to maybe see for the first time in a long time from San Marcos High School some good air balls and just uh, something something in the air. And uh, Tony Diaz and Cutter Gage, like you said, going to be huge pieces of that team. Yeah, I mean, if you can catch uh, Huddle slacking, you know, if you're doing the run game a lot and, you know, they're just anticipating the run and you just have the your quarterback has the ability to air it out, I mean, that's how you get a lot of points on the board. I, I definitely think what also helps them this year is uh, 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 Ori, Ori Williams, right? Oh, yeah. He's now at left tackle protecting Isaiah DeLeon's backside. That dude is big. He's going to be huge on the offensive line physically and just, you know, as part of the team. And uh, if you're covering DeLeon's backside – that gives Aileon more confidence and, you know, gives him more time in the pocket. And I, I just think that overall it's just going to 
create a more open offense. Of course, you can always go back to that run game. You have Jaden Brown. You have Jake Rodriguez-Schultz, who we haven't even mentioned. But when you get down inside the five-yard line, they usually throw Rodriguez-Schultz in there to get it in. But um, they got a lot of talent, and they just got to put it together. And um, I hope that this more widespread and more aggressive play calling doesn't go back to the run heavy that we have seen in the past. I'm sure it will a little bit because scrimmage, you're going to try whatever you want. But at least more pass heavy than we saw last year i definitely expect to see more of a pro style offense they're Mm -hmm. missing that tight end position uh that they they had such a huge um piece in last year but uh, that offensive line has only gotten bigger and better and with most of them being three-year starters at least two years it's going to be a a huge deal for this uh, rattler team to be able to have that experience on o-line but uh huddo is not going to go down easy they're in a historically pretty decent team making the playoffs pretty much every single year in 5A when uh, when they were there moved up to 6A this past couple years into the Round Rock District one of the tougher districts in the state and uh, they're not going to take this first game against the Rattlers lightly I think this is going to be a huge test for the Rattlers and for the Hippos and uh, it's going to definitely set the pace and the tone for uh, how this how this Rattler season is going to go and you can listen to that game in fact it starts uh, Friday night at 7 30 you can listen to it right here on KTSW 89.9 where a couple of us will be on the call and uh, yeah to kick off the Rattler season uh, we're going to be covering basically every game on the schedule here on KTSW 89. So to keep up with their team, to keep up with the the season that they're going to have, be sure to stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for that. But uh, uh, Sam, like I said, San Marcos High School football, five days away, first game against Hutto. Little Rattler night there at Toyota Rattler Stadium on Friday, September 4th. Correct? No, that is next Saturday. I'm completely wrong. The 26th, the 26th of correct, August, correct. this Friday. Yeah, that one. We are getting down to it, aren't we? But uh, but yeah, anyways, so San Marcos High School football, five days away. Get things going. We're going to move into some national sports before we come back to more Texas State athletics. Uh, we're going to talk about an ex-Texas State player. The MLB right now, things are getting hot, only a couple months away from October, and uh, you know the main goal of the season, that, that, uh, that long, long MLB season that finally comes down to it at the end of summer. And uh, one of the standout guys in, uh, in, in the league right now, and the MVP frontrunner, um, Paul Goldschmidt, and uh, he's been absolutely putting it on for the Cardinals this year a uh, pretty solid team in the top five of uh had been consistently and uh, Goldschmidt has, uh, has put up over 30 home runs this year already and uh, is just you know being an absolute menace to uh, to pitchers and um, I can't be more proud as a Bobcat to see that exactly right now he's currently leading the Cardinals in a batting average with 340 home runs like you said with 31 and uh, uh, RBIs with a solid even 100 just overall a great performance by him and and you know I felt like in the beginning of the season he did start off a little bit slow but uh, he's really really picked it up in the past month or two and um you know it's boosted the Cardinals to one of the top teams and uh in the National League sitting fourth right behind the defending champions Braves and then the Mets and the Dodgers but they're right in the mix and they're going to definitely be competing in October uh you know for the march to the pennant yeah, and being in first place in their uh, in their division, that's the NL Central. It's a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid indication of where they're going to be at the end of the season. Especially since, I mean, all you really got in that division is is the Brewers and maybe the Cubs, but uh, the Brewers and and the the Cardinals neck and neck in that one. But uh, on the other side in the AL, you look at the Astros, you look at the Rangers, you look at the Yankees, and uh, some of the more local teams going back to the Houston Astros and the Rangers. Astros first place in the West been putting it on and uh, lead the actually the American League in record as well Uh, the Rangers you know but they've been trying to keep it around 500 as of late since the all-star break been dropping a little bit there but uh, we'll see if the Rangers can get back into that wild card race they're only a few games behind and uh, just got to see what they can do yeah, and uh, you talk about the Astros, just a dominant season overall. And then they go out and they add Trey Mancini to their roster. Just unbelievable. And unfortunately, Michael Brantley does go down for the season. Uh, a really good contact guy, usually bats in the top three spots of their lineup. But now Mancini's in, hopefully, to pick up some of that work. And you just look at their lineup every night, and from one to maybe eight, you have really, really solid guys. And then usually the ninth guy, like, Chad McCormick, he he has his moments, he but do it, he, do he has his moments. But uh, 
even he is like really really good in the ninth hole and then of course Yankees are, are stacked as ever but uh, one team I, I do want to draw some attention to is Seattle Seattle uh I'm pretty sure still they have the longest playoff drought in out of any team out of the four main uh, leagues in HL MLB NFL NBA and um they right now are sitting uh, you know, behind the Astros in their division and fifth in the league. Do y'all think that this is the year? I know last year they got really close, fell off towards the end, but do y'all think this is the year where they can break that that curse and break that drought of playoffs and, and uh, really get there? No, yeah, I definitely think this is their year. I mean, like you said, they were so close last year, and I think this year, I mean, they're even doing better, and I just feel like all signs are pointing to making it to the playoffs and ending that drought. Yeah, I mean, they're sitting in that third position of the wild card right now. Uh, all they got to do is just keep it up and keep things rolling, and uh, things should be looking good for them. I mean, you look at their look at their team right now. I mean, you got uh, Eugenio Suarez being an amazing producer for them, has 22 home runs, 69 RBIs, and uh, Ty France there at first base, leading the team in batting average, almost hitting a 300. And uh, you can't forget about a uh, can't forget about you know just how they're how they're turning things around there in Seattle and uh, especially in one of the tougher divisions in baseball. I know right now the angels aren't doing the best and the Rangers are kind of slacking as well. Oakland hasn't been having the greatest of years right now, but, uh, but with, you know, uh, a f- within the past five years, a world champion coming out of there as well. And, and, you know, teams that have the potential to do, uh, do good things day in and day out. The, the Mariners are finding ways to win, and uh, they're getting it done. So I think that uh, they definitely have that opportunity to, to make the playoffs for the first time in a long time. And it will definitely be interesting to see uh, MLB kind of like getting out of the dog, dog, dog days of MLB summer where nobody really pays attention. But we're, uh, we're getting closer to the, to the, you know, the end of the season, it's getting closer to the playoffs, so it's going to be exciting. And something else that we're getting very close to yeah NFL football season coming up just like every other football season we're Mm -hmm. 17 days away from the NFL football season which uh gets me excited and you know what I'm most excited about right now some fantasy football fantasy football the time of year where your friends turn into enemies and it's always different every single week you never know but uh man it's a it's a great game and uh we got a little game for you real quick we're gonna go ahead and give y'all our uh, our top three or top positions um of quarterback running back and wide receiver we're going to give uh our best guys we haven't talked about this at all so i don't know who y'all are picking y'all don't know who i'm picking and uh, we're just going to go from there we're going to start off with quarterbacks though i want to give it to ryan first uh see who's who he's got well for me for quarterback i mean i gotta go justin herbert i mean that guy can do it in the air do it on the ground i mean that's how you maximize your points with a guy that can do it all uh, from my guy, I I didn't choose who I think will be finished as number one, but a guy who you can get and where you can get him in the draft is going to be very very valuable. This guy I don't think is going to go you know, like top five quarterback, but I think you can get him a little bit later, and that's Kirk Cousins. You got okay. one of the best wide receiver. All right, Kyle's making faces. But you got one of the <laughs> best wide receiver duos in the league when it comes to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. This guy can put up numbers. You can get him later on in the draft. And I really, I really think that that offense is going to produce a lot of points. You get four weeks where you know two of them you get to play Chicago, two of them you get to play Detroit. All right, you got four, you know, thirty point games, not like twenty five point games from Kirk Cousins. And I, I think, I think that that he's going to have a valuable, he's going to be a valuable pick from where he gets picked in the draft. I, I respect your decision, but I'm still at the at the helm of uh, Kellen Mond being the starting quarterback there. Would <laughs> love right, that. Well, you can <laughs> you, you can die on that hill. I, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm just kidding. At the end of the day, though, uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's a productive quarterback, and he's been in the league for a long time. He knows uh, knows how to throw the ball, knows how mm-hmm. to sling it well, and uh, with two of the best wideouts in the league, like you said, um, gonna be able to produce for you every single week. And uh, his offensive line, especially those big boys up in Minnesota, and uh, the and th- that division they're in, they've got to have big backs. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just uh, I expect to see a lot from them. So I, I, c- I understand where you're coming from on no, that, especially the value of the pick. Uh, I definitely – It's going to be taken that. a lot later. Yeah. I think maybe around like 15th quarterback take. Well, so. my guy, I'm going to go with uh, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think that he's going to come back and, and, uh, and have a healthy year and he's going to be able to tear up the NFL like he's been able to do on, on the ground. Um, and through the air. And uh, I think that with having his running back back in the outfield, it opens up the playbook 
playbook a little bit, gives a little more RPO option, and uh, allows for that deceptiveness to be more utilized from mm-hmm. both of them. And so uh, I think that uh, that allows him to to be able to make more explosive plays and uh, and week in week in and week out find the find the points on the ground and in the air to uh, to produce for your fantasy team. So that's just uh, that's where I'm at with no, that. No, he's definitely he's, <laughs> o- he's always up there. He's always up there, and he'll be up there again uh, as long as he finds a wide receiver that will you know catch the ball. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you got Mark <laughs> Andrews. I mean. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. you need. I guess that's all you need. Hopefully, <laughs> so, we're, I, I I hope Rashad Bateman blossoms yeah. to a good wide receiver. I really liked him out of college. Well, uh, moving on to the next position group, right behind the quarterback, we got the running backs. And uh, Jacob, I think we're going to take this in an opposite order this time okay. and uh, give you the first pick on this one. Um, right. Who uh, who's your running back for uh, for this twenty twenty two fantasy football season? So I think the obvious choice of running back one is Jonathan Taylor, but I'm I'm choosing one that. You know, I I, re- I really think at the end of the year he can be running back one. You can get him a little bit later in the first round, possibly even early in the second, and that's Najee Harris. Uh, Steelers are going to run the ball. They're going to get him the ball very, very often. You don't want the ball in Mitchell Trubisky's hand, who I think is going to start the season at least. I'm sure we'll see Pickett at some point. But you don't have a lot of weapons besides Deontay Johnson, really. You don't have the quarterback play currently. You got, you know, like I said, Trubisky and Pickett just aren't going to do it. And you really have one star piece right now on your offense, and that is Najee Harris. And we have seen that he's able to take a heavy load. And so I believe that he's going to, you know, have a lot of snaps, be very involved, and get you a lot of points. So, yeah, Najee Harris for me. I like that pick a lot. Najee Harris is, is uh, known for to be a productive back. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, they're going to be running the ball a lot. Pittsburgh, uh, they're going to depend on that ground game to keep themselves alive and afloat throughout the season. And uh, Najee Harris may have to take some hits, but uh, I think at the end of the day, um, he's going to be productive every single week. He's going to catch balls in the backfield as well. Uh, I think that if you know if you're going to have any type of pass game, it's going to be that screen game that a lot of those. Um, kind of lesser quarterback teams rely on mm. and especially with explosive guys like Najee Harris use them to their advantage and uh, get some production out of that so uh, Ryan who you got well you know initially you know like as Jacob said you know everyone Jonathan Taylor everyone's thinking Jonathan Taylor and as I thought about it, I was like you know what I think for me it's DeAndre Swift you know mm-hmm. good running back out of Detroit and I mean when you have Jared Goff as your quarterback I think it's a very similar situation. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, they're just going to use him. I mean, they have T.J. Hawkinson, so they could give it to him, like pass it to him. But, I mean, DeAndre Swift, I mean, he's got it made in Detroit. I mean, they're going to need him. And so, I mean, that's a lot of fantasy points for me. Or, well, not for me, whoever whoever gets him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, guys, uh, everybody's high. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. Well, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's there's no escaping what Jonathan Taylor can do. And just look at his production last year. And uh, just you can you know that if you draft him that uh, you're safe, gonna, you're safe. It's a safe pick. Yeah. And unless he gets hurt or something happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, something interesting that I didn't hear, uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's a uh, number one, number two on most people's boards right now, but I know a lot of people have problems with him. The earliest I'll take him is like six, seven. Mm. Really? I, I'll take, I'm, I'm going to take Eckler. I'm going to take Derrick Henry all before him. It's just the injuries. It's, it's, it's the same the with same, Barkley. I mean, it, yeah, well, but Barkley's not going in the first round. Oh, McCaffrey's yeah, right. McCaffrey's going second overall, and for me, it's just the same tale over and over again. There's been about three years in a row where it's McCaffrey number one overall. It's this is the year where he's going to stay healthy, and then it never is, and it sucks because he's he's one of the most exciting players in the NFL. But it's just it, it's it's so hard. Yeah, I mean, hey, but uh, down to. The last couple of days until the NFL season. So if you're going to play fantasy football, get that draft done soon and uh, have fun with your boys or girls or whoever wants to play. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I mean, this the NFL's preseason is coming down to an end. And uh, if you had to pick a Super Bowl champion, I'm kind of just throwing y'all on this you, right now. You are. It's okay, though. But uh, just no, no anything, just go for it. Super Bowl champion. And uh, we're going to go with Ryan first. Oh, man, Super Bowl. Well, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm not going to come out here and say Cowboys going to go to Super Bowl. I mean, we always got a chance. I always say that, but, always you know. Always got a chance. Hey, hey, we always got a chance, bro. We, we so good. We so good. Always right have now. a chance. Um, okay, I'm a Cowboys fan, too, so. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, for me, 
I would love to see the Rams go again. I would love to see repeat? Matt Stafford. I would love to see Matthew Stafford repeat, bro. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know about uh, all that. Oh, okay, uh, never mind. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, yeah, no, I think I'd, I'd rather not see the Rams in the in the. No, I'd rather not see it, but I, I do believe that it is they're going to be right there competing for it. So I do think that is a good pick for just like strictly picking who do you think is going to be there. I do like the other LA team, the Chargers. Chargers all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't know year? if that's I, I'm not necessarily picking them as my people. I'm just saying, hey, uh, it's it's a going to be fun to watch. Good chance, and uh, yeah, will be really fun to watch, but um. So I don't know who, who is your team. Oh, who is my team? I think it's finally the Bills' year. I think it's finally the yeah. Bills' year. They got Von Miller in the mm-hmm. backfield, the, the the best playoff defender in NFL history. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You you can't deny it. And uh, the Bills, that's where they falling apart. Yep. They need that. Th- those thirteen seconds. Yeah. If, if somebody just guarded Travis Kelsey, they. I think they. I really think they would have beat the Rams. Well, yeah, Von Miller's <laughs> usually rushing, but well, I, I, I get what you're saying. If it's, you're, if you're, I mean, playing against that, that, uh, that, like eleven tech and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, you probably your drop personnel back. is a drawback. Yeah, and he's a quick guy. I mean, Travis Kelsey, I don't know. But anyways, or uh, even Von Miller could have been the guy to turn around and say, "Hey, Tremaine Edmonds, how about you guard the best tight end we've ever seen?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, well, hey, that's that's, that's my team, Jacob. Well, uh, I'll give mine pretty quickly. I was gonna go with the Bills. I can't really. I think the Saints are up there, but I can't say that my my <laughs> no, home you team, the Saints. Um, so what I am gonna say is, dang, you took the Bills, so I may I may just stick with the Bills and say, yeah, I think it's Buffalo's year. I really like Josh Allen. I really like Stephon Diggs. I, I really like Sean McDermott, and I think that they are gonna uh, get it all together and and take it all. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for the second segment. We are halfway through the show. We talked about some San Marcos High School football first game. This weekend, Friday, August 26th, against Hutto at San Marcos Rattler Stadium uh, for the Little Rattler Night. And then we also went through, talked about some MLB, Paul Goldschmidt, as well as the pennant race and wild card race coming up with October looming upon us. And then the NFL preseason, some fantasy football. But uh, we're going to take a quick break on the other side of it. Um, we got something special for you, so uh, stay tuned and don't go anywhere. You're listening to KTSW 89.9. And welcome back to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio here on the first day of classes of the fall 2022 semester. In the studio with me, I've got my co-host Ryan Linguez, producer Jacob Aromi, and this is your host Kyle Owen. We're going to talk about some Texas State soccer. Huge win last night. Big win last night. 3 nothing against Incarnate Word, the University of the Incarnate Word. And... Uh, a uh, a very productive game there with a three nothing win over the Cardinal uh, Cardinals and um, you know we were talking about it on Monday uh, or actually Friday today's Monday uh, about how we didn't see Beth Agee in goal and uh, sh- she's back she's back in 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 goal and uh, took that start against Incarnate Word didn't have the start against St Mary's but uh, is doing it this week or uh, this this Saturday or this Sunday um, against the Cardinals and. Uh, she only had to make two saves, but um, Bobcats haven't allowed a goal all season. Yeah, and uh, of course it's only two games in, but I was talking about it last night uh, with Joey, uh, one of our sports reporters. I w- we were saying, you know, if these two goalies are, are battling it out for, you know, who's getting that starting spot, the defense of Texas State soccer is not really giving them many opportunities to do so. Um, so no, neither one of them have really had the chance to step up and make the play because the ball's never coming at them and never is able to get down the field that much or down the pitch. So um, overall, it's just a, a great team play so far from the team. I know, again, it's only two games in, but um, last night, attendance record broken uh, for you know a Texas State soccer game in, in history, so that's huge. A lot of turnout, a good 3 nothing win, and they finally were able... Well, I say finally, it was one game, but... Yes, last night they were able to actually finish and get some more goals on the board, uh, which is different from their appearance against uh, St. Mary's. Yeah, and you talk you talk about that defense, and and you look at that St. Mary's game, and you see only two shots total all game long uh, for St. Mary's, and you look at last night as well, six shots for the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a uh, it's just impressive in my opinion. I mean, you look at what Texas State is able to do against both these teams; they're they're averaging you know almost nineteen twenty shots on goal um, between the two games, sixteen last night, uh, eight on goal, and uh, just 
just absolutely peppering the the opposing keepers and uh, just something that I'm, I'm I'm glad to see and I'm, I'm curious to know you know what where you know we talked about it you you ran it you went on about it with the goalkeeper position I kind of want to add on about it we saw it last year where the where the girls were they were going back and forth and they were uh, just kind of you know, trading off starts. Maybe one guy, one 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 or one person would have you know two games in a mm-hmm. row, and then and switch off back to the next. But I feel like it's going to be a pretty similar situation. Goalkeeper is one of those positions. If you know you have a solid solid girl back there, even if it's you know two of them, uh, you're you're going to feel comfortable with them there. And especially with the defense you have, I think that it it's it's good that you have two keepers to be able to be back there and uh, keep one another fresh and, uh, and, and in and ready for the next challenge that's ahead of them. Certainly, and not only that, but it creates competition between the two players and that, like we're seeing with football at the quarterback position, that is only going to drive the both of them to be better than they are right now because, you know, if you take a, if you take days off and you start slacking, that other girl is going to, keep playing and keep at it and she may take your spot so there's no days off really for them and and they're competing for their for their spot eating day in and day out and so that's going to make their play better that's going to make the play of you know, like the, the depth better and I think it is a really really good thing to have um just they haven't they haven't needed to show it off yet due to the incredible defense and really the aggressive play from the Bobcats I mean I watched the game last night. I would say about 70% of that game was on Incarnate Word's uh, side of the pitch just because of the aggressiveness of the team. The the four, uh, like the midfielders are, are pushed up, and, and they're getting not only aggressive by the way they're playing, but like like they're getting physical. They're shoving, they're, they're sh- they were shoving the Cardinals. They were getting the way. They, they seem like a team who's hungry, and they're ready to win. Yeah, and like, like y'all been saying, I mean, they're aggressive, and that's good. I mean, because... I was looking at the schedule last year and like how many points they scored, and there was only maybe a handful of games where they scored maybe maybe more than one goal. There's mm-hmm. one game they scored it was four zero, but other than that, it's been one score games. And to see them come out this early in the season, you know, get three scores and allow no scores, I mean, that's pretty good to see. Yeah, like you were saying, Jacob, um, the Bobcats spent forty seven percent of the time in the upper twenty yard quadrant. Of, of, last game, of, of the Cardinals', the Cardinals off, like defensive position, forty-seven percent of the time, and then between there and midfield, twenty-nine more percent of the time, they were only on their side of the pitch for twenty-four percent of the time. Yeah, that is less than a crazy. quarter of the game. Like you said, seventy percent, you weren't off. Literally, I mean, seventy. Six percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you were percent. you were under on that one. Seventy-six mm-hmm. percent of the time on their side of the pitch, and uh, that's just, I mean. If if you want to if you want to win games, that's the way to do it. And you just tire them out. Yeah. At that point, you're just tiring out the defenders. You're tiring out the goalkeeper, and eventually, they're gonna let up. They're gonna have mistakes, and they're gonna, and and once they make that one mistakes, once they make that one mistake, and once they may let up just a little bit, and you get that first goal in, not only are they getting tired just physically, but now they're morally you know, now hurting and diminished. Yeah. And morally diminished. And now they are going to have the battle back. And uh, it it showed last night after they got that first goal, the second came probably five, less than five minutes after that. And they got the third one in the second half off of PK. So, I mean, they were playing aggressive and it showed and it shows with, you know, the two wins in their win column. Yeah. And I was talking about it on, on Friday as well. Uh, there was, I think four Bobcats that had three or more shots on goal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was, and this game on Saturday, Sunday, on Sunday, there was five Bobcats with multiple shots on goal. We had, uh, Goss with two, Plata with two, Jones with two, uh, Olivia Wright with four, Bailey Peschel with with two, and Bailey Peschel off the bench playing absolutely phenomenal. She was able to put a goal in the other night against St. Mary's. The or no, she wasn't the one that did it. She got one, but she got last one last night. night uh, yeah, she got one last night, uh, but she had one of the one of the few shots on goal against uh, against St. Mary's, and then Olivia Wright with four shots, one on goal, like I said, and then uh, and then uh, Jones with uh, both of her shots on target and. Uh, you know, if you're having that type of production from five different girls on the pitch, that just means that your front is absolutely dominant and, and your defense can can sit back and just kind of watch the field and, and, and prevent anything from from coming your way uh, anytime soon. 
So, uh, but yeah, man, I just the soccer team right now, absolutely on fire, two and zero to start the season, and uh, it only looks up from here. the uh, The Bobcat soccer team, though, they are going to. Uh, they have another game here soon. They're going to be hitting the road on Thursday against Corpus Christi, Texas A&M Corpus Christi at the Dungeon Stadium or Dugan Stadium in, uh, in Corpus. So that's August 25th on Thursday at 7 o'clock against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. But uh, we got something special coming up for you right now. Uh, the head coach of Texas State Soccer, is on the other line and we're going to get things going steve holloman the head coach of texas state soccer is now in studio with us on the phone uh how's it going coach i'm doing great how are you i'm doing great my name's kyle i'm uh here with ktsw and uh just wanted to kind of start things off about um last night's win and then uh how um how the production difference between you know the game against saint mary and then last night uh against the cardinals yeah, I think we had a really good performance. It went it went very well, and obviously we were a bit more efficient with our our production in front of goal. Uh, we were better in the final third. We uh, had a, a good outing against St. Mary's, but just had a little bit of a difficult time scoring. So it was good to get three goals last night. Hi, Coach. Thank you for calling in. It's nice having you on the show. Um, last night, soccer attendance record broken at Texas State in program history. And uh, it's just your second game in the position of head coach. What does that mean to you to have all those uh, fans and students out there supporting y'all in uh, last night's win? Sure thing. What a great atmosphere. And obviously our team was very energized. They came out firing on all cylinders. It was awesome to see so many people in attendance. And it wasn't just a big crowd. Like they were, they were loud and rowdy and just really urged us on. And it certainly made a difference. Uh, what is uh, what is Danfuss's uh, presence on campus kind of made a difference? It seems so far in athletics, um, just with you know first day of classes already, and uh, people are showing face and look to be excited about Texas State athletics this year. Yes, our our president's yes. absolutely amazing. Uh, just a, a phenomenal person. He's had our team over for dinner. Uh, I've already spoken to him on four or five different occasions. Uh, he's he's really supportive of athletics which is awesome to see and and he's definitely made a difference already in the things that we're doing gotcha hi coach uh so kind of going um in a different direction i guess um so you know there's a lot of freshmen and transfer students you know that have come in this season how has it been getting them i guess acclimated to being on this team and getting them ready to play and get going well i think the most important thing is pretty much all of them were here in July, and so they had a chance to work out with our strength and conditioning coach. They had a chance to integrate with our returning players, and I think our, our leadership core returning did a really good job of letting them know what to expect. The team as a whole came in extremely fit on the first day of preseason, which was phenomenal for a coach because that allowed us to, to focus on tactics and really – integrate the, the newcomers and, and the returning players into a little bit of a different system and style of play. So uh, it, it's certainly paid off, and um, things so far are very good. Well, we talked about it a little bit, just about the goalkeeper situation, and um, if you even want to call it a situation or more of just a competition. But uh, Chrisman started the season off AG last night. Uh, so what is that kind of goalkeeper room looking like, and what can we expect from that position moving forward throughout the season? Well, that's a good question. I think the fact that both of them are, are quality goalkeepers, uh, we have confidence in, in each one of them. I think it'll be a game-to-game -game decision. I, I think there might be weeks where one keeper maybe pushes ahead of the other, but uh, each of them have their different strengths, and so we'll also factor in, uh, the opponent we're playing, kind of maybe what style they're playing. Are they going to cross the ball more? Are they going to look to plan behind us more? And, and that may determine which keeper gets the nod in each game. Do you think that's a positive about having multiple options and um, just being able to throw something different at the at the opponent each and every week? I, I do because, you know, competition uh, makes players better. So, I, you know, sometimes it could be, uh, you could kind of sit back with, with a starting spot, and, and if you're not pushed, you may not um, improve. So I think the fact that both of them are capable of starting just really makes each of them better and 
good, healthy competition and training every day. Coach, if you had to use one word to uh, describe your identity so far in those first two games of the season, uh, what would that be? Hardworking. Okay. Yeah, I think this is one thing we, we really wanted to be identified as is just a hardworking team. And regardless of the result, I think any team that plays us will walk off the field saying that Texas State is a difficult team to play with. They work extremely hard. And that's something that we can control and something that I think our team prides itself on. And coach, uh, you know, you're talking about hard work. Um, what are some goals or like marks you, you know, it's early in the season, but what, what are, do you have any goals or marks you want to meet short term and or long term in the season? Yeah, we really want to strive on getting better every day and I, and from game to game. And I, I think we've done that. I think, you know, through our preseason games, you know, we, we played a very difficult, uh, a, a very talented UTSA team and, a, and we were certainly challenged against Oklahoma and, between those games and our opener against St. Mary's, we got better. And between St. Mary's on Thursday to Incarnate Word, we improved. And so as we move forward to Corpus Christi this Thursday, um, there's always a few things where we can get a little better, and we want to just continue to strive to improve on those things and, and just be a little better each time out. When you talk about being better, of course, all, you know, two wins, you have found success so far. But um, other than that, you know, what kind of things have you seen on the pitch that – you haven't been a big fan of and you want to work on with the team. And, um, you know, is did, was there anything that really popped out at you last night that you said, hey, we got to focus on that before uh, the game on Thursday? Yeah, we, we always want to – we want to be really, really good in set pieces. And, and so far we've, we've scored two goals off set pieces. We haven't conceded. Um, but, but there's – you know, we, we, we make mistakes. We're not perfect. We spend a lot of time on, on our set piece plays, and we want to be better on – Things like quick throw-ins, throw-ins, and, and framing the box, and getting in the right places. We're not we're not always in the right areas, uh, and then sometimes it's difficult when we make subs and there's different personnel on the field and we have different corner kicks. But we're going to continue to work on that because, uh, as I think any soccer fan knows, that you know, regardless of how much time you spend on possession and defending, I mean, a game can come down to a set piece. So that's going to be one of the other areas that we pride ourselves on. Well, it's good to hear, Coach, and uh, thank you again for joining us today. But I got one last question for you. Um, if uh, what are what are y'all's plans uh, after the game? If y'all get that win, where are y'all gonna take the take the girls out to eat next Thursday? <laughs> oh, Thursday. Well, I guess we'll be down in Corpus Christi. So uh, <laughs> our plan, I'm I'm not quite sure yet, but we'll. Uh, what about we'll if you were, What about if you were here in San Marcos? How about that? <laughs> well, we, we we actually don't usually take the girls out to eat after a home game. We usually do a pregame meal, but um, you know, kind of the the reward on the road if we uh, if we have a big win, we usually take them out for ice cream, and they're usually pretty big fans of that. Good. I can only imagine after a game needing some <laughs> needing some ice cream, especially down in Corpus, where uh, I know it's it's very very humid right now. So, um, good luck on Thursday, and thanks again for joining us today. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say real quick before uh, we let you go? No, we'll be back home. If, if you haven't seen us play yet, I think we have a pretty exciting product on the field. We'll be home in, next Sunday at seven o'clock against HBU. So, come out and watch. All righty, thank you, Coach, and uh, really appreciate you for joining us today. Okay, thanks for having me. Have a thanks, good one. Coach. That was head coach of Texas State Soccer, Steve Holloman, and uh, having a great season so far, 2-0, and starting things off and looking forward to a great Sunbelt Conference run. But uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're here on the last 10 minutes of the hour. We'll come back with some more for you, but don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio here on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio here. It's the first day of classes here at Texas State University in beautiful San Marcos, Texas. And I hope everybody has an amazing first week, first day, and uh, gets back into the swing of things nice and easy. But I'm going to, uh, we're going to have a little game for y'all real quick. We're going to all talk about um, the game that we think for Texas State football is going to be the turning point what is it what's the day when's the game are we going to find out what type of season texas state is going to have a lot of people say you know week one week two and uh i don't know 
uh, I think that I think that we're all gonna have different opinions on this, but I think uh, I think that at the end of the day, um, it's a uh, it's gonna be it's gonna have to be somewhere. I think personally for me. I see it being either the fourth or the fifth game, uh, that second home game against Houston Baptist or uh, or at James Madison. I think coming back from from two road games back to, not back to back, but you know with one home game in between, you have Nevada at Nevada. I never like saying the first game is going to tell you how the how the game's the season's going to go mm-hmm. because uh, everybody's still trying to install things and still trying to figure out who they are and what they are against opposing forces. Um, and then that second game against FIU, I mean, I definitely see us being able to, you know, take that one from them. We were able to take it from them at, at their own house in Florida a couple years back in overtime though. Um, but, uh, and then we go to Baylor and Baylor, a very, very solid program. Um, you know, I, I think that that could be a possibility of, you know, how the season can go, but with these power five schools, you never know what can happen. Sometimes, you know, they're just playing an off day or you're playing an off day and you get absolutely gashed and then you don't, that's not necessarily mm-hmm. a telltale sign of who or what your identity is. And then, you know, same thing about what happened last year. You know, it took Baylor down to the wire, but you know, at the end of the day, that's how the season went last year is we taking everybody down the wire and just not being Giving able to up. do it. But I mean, Hey, uh, you never know when that game's going to be, but I think it will be that next week when they come home from, uh, from Baylor. Yeah. Waco. From Waco. And then, uh, they, they go ahead and they have that youth football day against Houston Baptist at home, uh, another FCS program that, um, you know, the Bobcats took a loss to one last season against the Incarn- University of the Incarnate Word. And uh, I think that, you know, if, if you're the Bobcats, it's a must-win game, and uh, it will definitely show the response to adversity depending on, you know, how Texas State does in Waco. If mm-hmm. they take it, they, if they take a win and they get a W against the, the Bears and they come home and, you know, we'll – you know, you see how they're going to respond to winning a big game. And then if they take a loss or a bad loss, you can see, you know, how they're going to respond to taking that loss against, you know, a, a team that, you know, necessarily is a little bit better than the mm-hmm. Bobcats. I mean, uh, and and Baylor being, you know, one of the some people's top 25 and, and uh, being a pretty good program, I think that, that that game week four against Houston Baptist is going to be the one that, uh, that kind of is the turning point of like, this is going to be the Bobcats. This is what we're going to be seeing all year. And I think that um, it'll be a, definitely a telltale sign. And and, uh, and uh, if, if not that one, then, then that next week uh, when they travel to James Madison. I'm probably going to go a little bit later than yours. And I, I don't know if this is going to say, because at that point you already kind of know what you're going to get, but I think if it's going bad, this game can turn that season around. Or if it's going good and you win this game, then you're just going to roll on towards the end, and that's an App State game on October 8th. It's the first home Sunbelt Conference game. Appalachian State is always a powerhouse of the Sunbelt Conference. I'm not saying if they win, but even if if it's a close game, you know what you're getting because, I mean, like I said, Appalachian State, usually a powerhouse of Sunbelt, may be different this year, but uh, that's a huge, tough opponent, one of the toughest you're going to get in this conference, and uh, you're at home, it's your chance to really show out, and uh, so I think that game is going to be a huge game on the schedule, and one that can either turn the season around, or kind of just keep it rolling if it's going, you know, down the right tracks. Yeah, I was also going to say the App State game, because, you know, with Baylor, you know, as Kyle was saying, you know, it's going to be, if we can get a win out there, you know, even just see what we can do against that big power five team. And then, you know, Houston Baptist and James Madison, you know, those are games that I I mean are going to be a little closer. So I feel like it's going to be like going into Waco, see what we can do there the next two weeks, see how good we do then. And then it's going to be App State. See if we can ramp it up and get and play a really good team after, you know, this certain amount of time, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, and and after going to James Madison and I mean that's a far trip going up to mm-hmm. Virginia and 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 making that trip up there for Texas State. Texas State is going to have a big challenge against App State uh coming back home for the first time and and it'll be there yeah, since two weeks but I mean being on the road three games out of your first five and then uh coming back it's going to be a huge huge challenge for the Bobcats to uh to go up against those um the the Mountaineers of Appalachian State and uh I think yeah I I agree with y'all that that could be the game that does it and uh but I mean I'd like to see the identity come out a little bit earlier but uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from on uh 
on the App on State. why yeah App State would be. There. I also thought FIU would be a good one first home game. You played them last year. You beat them in overtime. Let's see if you can improve on that and really make a statement against a team who you are familiar with, and you know kind of have that that uh, control in uh, with FIU to kind of see how you improved over the off season. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But uh, that's going to be uh, pretty much all of our time for today. This uh, this first episode of the fall 2022 season after the summer has completed and uh, fall 22 coming upon us first day of classes like I said hope everybody has a great rest of your day but uh but before we let you go we're gonna have some weather from Jacob thank you Kyle uh looking towards this week the drought has coming to an end we are getting rain here in San Marcos unfortunately it is now when people are on campus walking around so before you go out to your classes be sure to bring an umbrella and try and figure out a route to stay inside as much as possible because it is high of 94 and a low of 76 today cloudy all the way up until about 4 p.m where it will start thundering storm thunderstorming all throughout the night as well as tomorrow a high of 94 and a low of 76 or my apologies tomorrow a high of 89 and a low of 73 80 percent chance of thunderstorms throughout the day and those thunderstorms will roll into wednesday where there's a high of 92 a high of 92 and a low of 72. So like I said, very rainy, very stormy these next couple of days. Make sure to bring an umbrella, bring a poncho if you're that type of guy. But uh, yeah, just be safe out there and uh, good luck in your first couple classes. Yeah, keep dry and uh, good luck on the first day of classes. We will see y'all on Wednesday, but this is our time for the day. And uh, while you're not listening to us on the radio, make sure to keep up with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube via at KTSW Sports. That is at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I want to give a special thank you again to Steve Holloman, head coach of Texas State Soccer, for joining us today. It was a great interview, and we hope to have him on again soon. And uh, that quest for a Sunbelt Conference Championship and beyond from the Texas State soccer team. But for Ryan Lingas and Jacob Aromi, I'm Kyle Owen. Thank you for listening to this Monday's edition of Bobcat Radio here on the first day of classes. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.